Hey everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hines. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today we're listening to episode 94 and I'm talking with Chris Lawrence. I've been following Chris and friends with Chris on the internet for probably four or five years now. And this past weekend, Chris ran a 242 marathon at CIM and I was so happy for her along with so many other people that I know were genuinely happy for her. She has had a really strong marathon progression, and over the past couple years, she's dealt with some injuries and things like that, and so this race that she just completed was a really big breakthrough and a long time coming, so we were all so happy for her, and as soon as I saw her results, I was like, I have to get her on the show, so I'm really honored that she took an hour of her time to talk with me, and it was really fun. This is one of those fun episodes where it's somebody who I feel like I've been friends with them and known them for a really long time. And then I actually have the opportunity to talk to them for an hour on the phone. So that was pretty awesome. Chris is also the mother of three. She has boy-girl twins and then another son, just 17 months underneath the twins. And then her husband is in the Navy. So she's done a lot of uh, solo parenting, especially when her kids were little and her husband had to travel a lot. And uh, just somebody that I really admire. I admire her so much. So, so excited to share this episode with you guys. And um, I know you're going to love her as much as I did. Before we get started talking with Chris, I want to thank a couple sponsors for supporting this podcast. The first is Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best heated clothing. That's right. Heated clothing powered by rechargeable batteries. Their clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to in a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable low-voltage lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. I have a heated hat and heated socks, and they are so yummy in this cold winter. I just wear them inside my house, honestly, though, like curled up on the couch. This is a great gift idea. I'm thinking of my mom specifically. She would love this gift. And uh, you guys can get 15% off your order if you go over to action-heat.com slash another and use the coupon code another all caps at checkout. That's action-heat.com slash another coupon code another all caps. And I also want to thank my friends at Generation You Can. Generation You Can is a nutrition product that I use in marathon training. Several of my friends use it. And UCAN keeps your blood sugar stable. The key is steady energy. UCAN provides long-lasting steady energy without sugar spikes. This is a slow-burning fuel, no sugar spikes and crashes. UCAN is powered by a super starch, a revolutionary carbohydrate, which was originally created for kids with life-threatening low blood sugar. UCAN is truly redefining the way you fuel. It's more proactive. And I just can't say enough about it. I love this product. I think it works wonders. And you know who else thinks it works wonders? Is Meb Kafleski. You guys can try UCAN products. If you go to generationucan.com slash another, use the promo code another all caps to get 15% off your order. All right, you guys, try out UCAN. Let me know what you think. Hey, if you're loving the show, I would appreciate it more than you know if you would leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It's one of the best ways potential new listeners can find the show, so that's really important. And I'm going to give a shout out to my most recent review, and that is S. Feeney 
227, thanks for the inspiration. I love listening to Lindsay and her guests every morning on my way to work. It's always uplifting, inspiring, and funny. The stories help me take one day and keep moving forward as a mom of two little boys, a wife, teacher, and runner. Thanks for all you do. Thank you so much for that review. It means the world to me. I set a crazy goal to reach a thousand ratings and reviews by the end of the year. It's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to keep trying. So thank you guys so much if you've already gone over there and done that. And here's my little nudge to do it if you feel so inclined. All right, you guys. um, I hope you loved the holiday episode that came out yesterday. I had a lot of fun recording that with Ashley, Molly, and Mary. It was a blast, and I hope you found some good goodies and ideas for gifts on that episode. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and get started and enjoy this conversation with Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, I totally appreciate it. I uh, I am a big fan of the podcast, so I can't believe I'm actually on it. Well, I've been wanting to have you on for a long time, but I didn't want to ask because I knew you didn't, like, you were kind of shy about it. So I was like, yeah. I had tweeted you that one time, and I was like, I don't know if she's really feeling it or not. Well, I appreciate you pushing me out of my comfort zone a bit. All right, everybody, we're talking with Chris Lawrence here, and... You know, I always call you Chris Law because of your Twitter name, your Twitter name. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yep. I love it. I like it. (laughs) Okay. I bet you do. And actually, um, recorded a holiday episode last night with some of the girls and um, some friends. And I referred to you, I was editing it back today, and I referred to you in the episode as Chris Law. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly fine. So Chris just ran a 242. Is that right? Is that the exact time? Uh, it was 2.42.42. It's crazy. Oh, that's like perfect. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm still like a little bit in shock. So it's great. So this is a long time coming though, because so Chris ran the 2.42 at the CIM Marathon here this past weekend. And um, gosh, I think I've probably been following you online since I want to say maybe like 2013. Does that sound right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and so you were super fast then, and then you've had some, you know, your kids are a little bit older, but you've had some injury setbacks and things like that, Um, and you've kind of been training for this, like, Olympic qualifying time for quite some time on and off because of these injuries. So, man, I was excited for a lot of people on Sunday, but I was really excited (laughs) for you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that so much. It has absolutely been a very long time coming. So I, um, I guess when we, my last really big breakthrough was around 2013 when we kind of like became friends and it's really been a little bit of a struggle since then. So it's when you say long time coming, like, yes, it has been. Yeah. So four years. (laughs) Yeah, basically I had not set a marathon PR since 2013. So, so what was that? Finally. Um, I ran two low two forty seven at the Philadelphia Marathon in two thousand thirteen. That in November then. So okay, yeah, I remember that actually. I remember when you ran that for sure. Yeah, and that was a big breakthrough day for me as well. So I kind of do big jumps and then nothing for a while. So <laughs> hey, that's how it works. That's how it works. Feels yeah, good. you just got to keep grinding. So 
The only <laughs> thing about that is the pressure on race day because you're like, okay, I know I've been in shape for this before. I know I'm in shape for this now. I want to make this big jump. I know it's possible. Because, you know, you see a lot of people that tick off little bits at a time. Yeah. Yep. I And I did that for a very long time. But, you know, I've been, I've been marathoning for, it's been like eight years now. And so it's just, you don't get those like PR, 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 like you do, um, initially. So it's, it's, it's different. It's difficult. Well, let's walk back a little bit to your life. Um, and when you decided to take up running as, you know, it's a hobby, but it's, you're very good at it and you're very talented. So, um, take us back to when running became a big thing in your life. Hmm. Okay. So I did run in high school, I joined the track and cross country team because like my best friend did it. And I just thought this is like the dumbest thing in the world, but I really wanted to do everything that she did. So I joined and I found out I was a little bit good at it. And we had a wonderful coach. This is probably really instrumental in my life that we had a great coach, um, Dave Simmons. And he really like made us all like love running. And so um, great, great high school experience running, tried to run a little bit in college, really did not, um, I guess, make a great transition. I went to a division two college. It was, they were very, very successful, but I wasn't like fast enough. I didn't transition well to higher mileage and running doubles. And after a year, I just said I was done. Um, then did all the college, got married, worked full time. And then after we started having children, I just kind of wanted to like lose some of the baby weight and ran around the block here and there and pushed the stroller. And then I just kind of fell back in love with it, started doing little races here and there. Um, I did a 5k in the suburbs of Seattle and I happened to be friends with people who were friends with the Navy marathon coach. And he said, Oh, you could be really good at the marathon. And I was like, Oh, you're crazy. Um, and we started talking and then next thing I like hired him and started running marathons and that was it. (laughs) That's how I got back into it. Just kind of like by luck. And I wanted to, uh, lose five or 10 pounds. (laughs) How old were your kids? Oh gosh, they were, must have been like two, the youngest and the twins were three. I could be wrong about that. It was a while ago. Yeah. So were you pretty young when you had kids? Cause I, I think you're older than me, but not by a ton, right? I, I, I started having kids. I was 26, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. So are you, yeah. how old are you? Are you getting close to 40? I'm 37. Okay. Yeah. You're not that yeah, old. You're I'm like, years older than me then. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I just feel like I've been running a long time because I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I've been talking to a ton of women in their mid to late thirties that are just like killing it in the marathon and PRing all over the place. And that's just, that's so exciting. It's been fantastic. I mean, look at Shalane and then, you know, the Boston marathon winner this year was 37 with what, four kids, maybe five. Um, it's fantastic. I love seeing that. Well, yeah. And I mean, Sarah Hall, I think she's, is she probably like 36? I don't know. Um, but if she is, it's incredible. It's fantastic. I mean, I, 
I just heard that a 50-year-old woman qualified for the trials at California. I mean, that's incredible. So, superhero. Yeah. Molly actually brought her up last night on our call. And then um, the gal that got second at CIM, I think she's 39 with three kids. Really? Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, It's super motivating. Okay. But so your husband, Steve, he's a submarine nuclear engineer. Did I say that Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. He's a submarine officer. Yeah. So he is like very math oriented, like type A kind of stuff like that. And his job takes him away often. And um, yeah, so submarine life is just not something that I knew anything about. And it's been like a really wonderful kind of journey for our family. So the na- the submarine community is very small. Um, when people ask me about like Navy life, I am honest, like I know about the submarine community and I don't really know too much about like the other communities. Um, submarine community is pretty small. So you make friends and you kind of stay friends with them for a very long time. And, um, it's been a really good life for us. Well, yeah. And I mean, the whole reason I brought that up is because he travels a lot and you know, you guys are rotating and moving around so much. Like, I mean, when my husband's gone for two days, I get crazy. How do you balance that? Um, it has been really hard. Um, I have to like not not be prideful, and sometimes you just have to like ask for help. I think when I trained for my first marathon, I um, had I would have like a babysitter come so I could go do my runs because I would say I can't do anything more on the treadmill, um, and that was like my me time. You know, I didn't get a lot of Starbucks or go out a lot, but I got my runs in because that was like what I thought was important to me. So it's a balance. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when we're not working, it's hard or going out and having fun on a date with our husband or girlfriends or whatever. It's hard to justify that babysitter expense, but you're right. Like you're choosing, this is, this is what's going to make me happy, happier than going to Starbucks four times a week or whatever right now. Yeah, exactly. You, you choose your priorities and I would feel really guilty about it. And my husband would be like, you never get to do anything like go do what you want to do. He would think it was crazy that I would want to go run, but (laughs) that was my choice. (laughs) Use your time to do that. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Oh, that's so great that he's so supportive in that way though. Yeah, definitely. He's been fantastic. So I'm very lucky. So you guys move, I mean, you guys move all the time though. So you, you lived in eight different states since college, which is a lot. (laughs) I mean, you're based in Virginia though, right? So we have been so lucky that he, his, um, so normally you would, he would switch jobs every, like, I would guess about like three years. And we've been very fortunate that we've, he's been able to get like job after job here in Virginia. And we're hoping to stay here as long as possible because we've really, um, formed a great life here and great friends and the running community is wonderful. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But normally before that, we had never stayed at one place um, two times in a row, basically, for two jobs. Um, that's why we've, like, lived all over the place. <laughs> so what are the other states? What's some of your, other than being where you are now, what's, like, your favorite place you've lived or the coolest? Oh, gosh. Um, so D.C. was fun. Um, I People are shocked when I say this, but I loved living in Georgia 
we lived in this really tiny town, like on the shore, um, right near Jacksonville. And everybody was so nice. It was very family oriented. Um, I had a great job, like in this little quaint little island. Um, you know, it was, people are surprised when I say that, but yeah, Georgia was one of my favorite places to live. What did you do for work before kids? So I was a paralegal in, um, yeah, a couple different offices. So I worked in a big firm. And then I when we lived in Georgia, I worked for uh, just one attorney. And that was a fantastic job. I was really grateful to really loved it there. So but then I got pregnant with twins and said, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, sending one baby to, t- to daycare is insanely expensive, like two at the exact same time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, exactly. And then we went ahead and had another baby not long after that. And with my husband's work schedule, it just did not seem really practical for me to go back to work. So I was going to say, how old, how old are your kids now? So my twins just turned 12. I have a boy and a girl that are 12. And then we have another boy that is um, 17 months younger. So he is right. He's 10 and a half. He, yeah, so it's, so Yeah. <laughs> we had the triplet stroller. Um, it was pure chaos for a while. And I, um, one of the things I love about your Insta stories, I love seeing like all your boys cause your boys are really close in age too. And it brings back like so many happy memories for me. Like it goes by so fast. I mean, when you're living in it, the days are long, but what's that expression? Like the years are short. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, and we're in a pretty decent place right now. Russ is, well, I say that, but, like, I was up at four because Russell was crying, and I'm like, I'm gung-ho not getting this kid out of his bed because he doesn't need to get up. He doesn't need to eat. He needs to sleep. And so Glenn and I were both just up at four because we were like, well, we're just laying here listening to him scream, and it's morning time. So, you know, I mean, I say that we're in a really good place now. But, yeah, I mean, it is. It is chaotic. And, and you know, I say that um, now in a much healthier place than I was even three months ago because I picked up a second day week of babysitting. Um, not me babysitting, but having some uh, uh, yeah. kids. And um, those two days a week, man, it's, you know, it's life changing. And that's, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. I have a baby. Actually, my babysitter is downstairs watching TV because the both of the little ones are napping. But what if they woke up right now, you know? <laughs> Yep, you're paying her to watch TV. It's great. Yeah, totally. But I, I ended up coming home because she texted me that they were napping, and I said, "Well, you know what? Um, if I wrap up when we wrap up with the interview, if they're still sleeping, I can let her go early." So <laughs> I know it's, it's, but yeah, I mean that's been life changing, and I, and I just it's refreshing. It's just so refreshing to have the, these two days to get out of the house. But um, I was I took Marshall to the doctor this morning and uh, just his regular checkup, and he's five, and he was sitting on my lap and. I was just looking at him like, man, 10 years, you're going to be bigger than, yeah. me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And you're yeah. there. Like your kids are, I mean, you're, is, one of your sons is taller than you, isn't he? Uh, just about, they all are just about taller than me and they, um, they love to tease me about it. Um, they asked me like, how much have you grown since uh, high school? 
And I said, well, I was this tall, like I have not grown at all since I graduated (laughs) high school. And they laughed so hard. They said, that is so embarrassing. You graduated high school the size of a fourth grader. (laughs) (laughs) So they tease me all the time. Yeah. Um, The boys, like every once in a while, like if I need to, like I can grab one of their sweatshirts or something like that because they all fit my clothes. (laughs) It's fun. So do you ever like, look at them and think, okay, I mean, here, here's what the thing is, is like, you know how everybody's like, savor the moment, savor the moment. And that's, yeah, you do it. Like this morning, uh, the big boys were up at six 30. They came down. I was, I was on the couch reading and I was just like, put everything down, snuggle in, get on me. Like, let's do this for 30 minutes and just like snuggle and watch TV. And it was amazing. And I feel, I feel like I'm savoring as much as I possibly can. Um, and not to say I'm not struggling too, because it is very hard. But, like, I, when I was thinking about him being 15, I'm like, that's in 10 years. And then three years yeah. later, three years later, and you're, you're getting so much closer, you know? So, like, does that yeah. make you sad? Like, how are you processing this now that your kids are, like, you know, 10, 12? Um, it's really hard, honestly. Um, so, nine was a hard like age for me for their birthday because it it occurred to me that it was basically like halfway to them moving out um so I graduated high school when I was 17 I was really young and I I mean I never moved back like I went to college and working and you know I never moved home and I thought they're halfway to gone like (laughs) so it was very sad to me and I tell them all the time like if you go to college, you can come back and stay with me and you can come see me. And, you know, so I'm, I'm that annoying mom already. <laughs> I don't want them to ever grow up. I want them to stay the same age. Have you thought about like what you're going to do once they're out? Like, I mean, you're, you'll still be relatively young. Uh, yeah. So, um, my husband has so many plans. <laughs> Aww, that's so awesome. Yep. What are they? Yeah. Um, so he wants to basically like sell our house and go on like world traveling and I'm like totally down for it. But I said like, okay, well, wherever we are, we need like an extra bedroom because I want the kids like to be able to come somewhere and visit and I don't want them to feel like they don't have a home. (laughs) So he's very like, all right, let's party. Let's do whatever we want. And I'm very like, well, are they okay? Like (laughs) I'm the mom. Well, I feel like that's just how we are as moms. I mean, and and that's not to be sexist. I mean, it's just like, yeah. you know, Glenn goes gets up and goes to work every day and um he loves it. And I and I love going to work too, but sometimes he gets home and it's like 6:30 and Russ is already in bed and I'm like, "You literally saw him for 10 minutes today." Aww. You know, and yep, he, yep. he doesn't care. He doesn't care yep. at all, you know. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's exactly my husband. I mean, he'll go on a deployment. And obviously he really, really misses them. Like it's so hard. And I feel bad for all the people, the parents who had to deploy and miss their children, but I could never do it. Like I couldn't go and leave and not see my kids for like three months or, or six months. Like, so I, it's just different. Yeah. Let's talk about running a little bit. Um, did you have a, uh, defining moment when you just knew like, you know, you're going to be probably be a lifelong runner. Like you just knew it was going to always be part of your life. Um, you know, not really. Is that terrible to say? 
Um, I love running, but um, I'm not like one of those people who is like, if I don't have it, I'll be miserable. I mean, I love running. It does so much for me. It makes me feel normal. I love the stress relief and like the calorie relief and all that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know, really, I can't think of anything. I love the marathon. I, I kind of want to do that forever. But um, no, not really. <laughs> I feel bad saying that. No, don't feel bad at all. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about CIM. So, okay, great. So this is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I read your blog post. I was so glad that you wrote that blog post. Um, I'm sure a lot of people wanted to hear about it. I kind of was like thinking of just like letting the blog go. And then I got so many messages of people asking me. So thank you, everybody. It was really kind. When was the last time you had updated it? Oh, my gosh. Like, I guess like maybe five, six months ago, like after I ran the Brooklyn half in May. But yeah, no. I just, yeah, maybe, so now it's been, like, a twice-a-year blog, which is terrible. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, like, whatever. Like, you have the archives, and it's it's fun to look back and read that stuff. And, hey, now you got to write this post on yeah. this amazing experience you had. Now, I yeah. love what you said in, in the blog. I'm going to, in the post, I'm going to read this. It's, um, okay. The thing I love about the marathon, my favorite distance, is it is overwhelmingly honest. It's symbolic of life. People say you put in the work, and you get the results you deserve, but... Marathoners know that's not always the case. Life isn't fair, and the marathon isn't fair either. Either things happen that are out of your control. Even the things you can control can spiral out of grasp before you even knew it was coming. If you haven't stood at the outskirts of a finish line in a tiny outfit with gel all over your hands, wondering where it all went wrong, then I envy you. So, I I love that so much, and I've talked about it on the show before. Just kind of like you put so much into this marathon and it, it, you can be pretty calculated about it too. Like, you know, I just ran, uh, the monumental marathon and I, I pretty darn well knew that I was going to run in between a three Oh eight and a three fifteen. Um, if I didn't get terribly sick or something crazy didn't happen. And there I crossed the finish line in three eleven fifty two. It's like, you can kind of really look at all your workouts and say this, this range is what I'm for sure in shape for. But yeah, you just don't know, like, is it going to be 90 degrees or am I going to come down with a stomach bug? Like anything can happen. So it's really refreshing to read someone like you who just, you know, conquered this huge goal that you've had for so long. Say that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's so true. I think that both you and I have, have so many marathoning friends and read so many different blogs and things like that that I love of really really talented people who've had just bad luck I mean you know tripped on things of all like you know silly things that go wrong or stomach bugs the day before or you know shamrock this past um spring where it ended up snowing which is just crazy um so sometimes you can work for six months and it doesn't pay off and it's heartbreaking because you invest so much time and not just like your physical abilities but like emotionally we all really throw ourselves into it so I've definitely suffered like some heartbreak just like we all have and so when you it does all come together you're like 
thank God, like finally, <laughs> you just have to celebrate it. I mean, I, I like, I was kind of like, there were four or five people I was knew were running that I was looking up their times. And I looked up your time and I like screamed at Glenn. I was like, hey, celebrate at 242. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's not really, you know, he's not on social media anymore, but he, um, he knows you. And, you know, there are a few people yep. that he kind of like, I, this is kind of snooty of him, but particularly like faster girls. He's like wants to see what they ran or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so he was really excited. But man, in your post, you say that, um, and we have to talk about your splits because it's phenomenal. <laughs> Thank um, you. You said you've said before that your favorite time and place on earth is the last 10K of a marathon. Yes. <laughs> explain, I know. Explain. Um I, so, you know, when you're like running and you're just kind of like daydreaming. Um, so every, like my daydream is like, go back, like, like, um, twin cities marathon. I had a really big breakthrough. I can't remember the year. I'm sorry, but I ran that a few years back and I don't know what it was, but like the last 10 K, like I really was, everything clicked and I felt really good. Um, and so I would like, play that in my mind like that was a great great moment and it's so hard because like my first time I went under three hours like at Boston I was in like the worst agony like every step I felt like you know what it's like like you just feel like you want to stop so badly and I just kept repeating like any phrase I could think of that was positive in my mind a thousand times and it was awful but wonderful is that crazy <laughs> I, I love it yeah I mean a little bit crazy to me it sounds because <laughs> and I'll tell you why because I've finished marathons where um I have that agony feeling um where yeah. I'm like oh my gosh like what why am I doing this to myself um but then like monumental for instance this year like I felt really bad mostly the whole race and really bad the last 10k but I never had that misery where I was like I hate my life. Like, why am I doing this to myself? That's um, good. Yep. But, but if I compare it to the to times that I have felt like that, I'm like, I don't want to feel like that. I'm okay with feeling like, <laughs> you know, like I'm assuming at the end of CIM, you were probably in a lot of pain, but you were like, this is it. Like I'm doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it's so funny to me because I know that I was in so much pain. I am, um, but the adrenaline was so much and when it's a good day and you look back, you're like, yeah, it really, really hurt. But like when it was a bad day and you remember it was really hurt, it's, it seems so much worse. Like I'm sure the pain is equal, but I remember CIM differently. Like I remember kind of feeling bouncy. Um, but I think I just am remembering it differently because it was so such a happy day. (laughs) So at what point in the race were you like, this is going to be a good day? Like this is it. Honestly, I, so this is also a weird thing to say, um, but I said this before that I think the first 10 miles of the marathon is the scariest. I have a hard time wrapping my whole brain around like um, a fast pace for that long. So once I get to like 10 and still feel okay, I kind of was like, hey, this this is good. Like, this is good. I haven't like freaked out yet. This pace feels good. Um, and then we got to half and I said, all you have to do is get to mile 16. Then you have 10 left, like 10, like 
the fact that you can say that means it's going to be a good day instead of, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? So I mentally really finally had it together and that was huge. So um, I didn't know exactly what time I was going to get, but I knew it was going to be good. So I was thrilled. (laughs) So you PR'd in the half, your second half of the race. I did not know that at all until my coach pointed it out. Um, And I've, so the half has been the most difficult um, distance for me. I've always said like, I, I've wanted to break 120 and I've never done it. And um, I've came close one time and it's just, for some reason, like the pace and the distance combined is really hard for me. Um, I'm just better at endurance. I'm not like the best short speed. And I feel like with the half, you kind of have to have short speed for a long time. Um, so it was really, I don't think I ever thought I was going to break 120 and a half because I've been trying for so long. It hasn't happened. And the fact that I did it at CIM when I wasn't trying and I wasn't like so focused on it is huge for me. So now I actually have to go do it in a real race. So that's my goal. <laughs> what was your second half split? Um, I don't know exactly, but I think it was like very high 119. Like I want to say it was like 119.50, something like that. Um, and yeah. Your, and I have your to first half go. was 122.54. So I mean, yeah. you negative split by almost four minutes, almost three minutes or four? Almost yeah. Three minutes. Um, so I have very rarely negative split marathons and forever, um, my coach has been telling me like, if you can negative split, you are going to like blow it out of the water. Like you need to negative split. And it's like, finally it happened. So, um, and I will say that after in CIM, the course is just perfect for me because like the rolling hills are mostly in the beginning so it kind of helps you stay patient and there are still hills in the end but there's a lot of downhill um so it really um is a fantastic course so when you cross the half and 122.54 and you know you you wanted to do you really wanted to go under 245 right I did want to but I did not tell myself that I did not going, I really was more aimed. I would like to PR. I would like to go under 247. So, okay. So when you yeah. passed over the half, you were like, okay, as long as I hang on here, at least yep. I will PR even if I lose a minute. Yes. And I've had so many marathons where I've like, I mean, I don't, it's hard to say if I hit a wall, but basically where I feel strong, but I'm still slowing significantly. So I did not really think that I was going, like, I thought it would be a great day if I could keep that pace. Yeah. Man. So the the plan with your coach, though, was to negative split. So Absolutely. Yes, it was. But um, I didn't necessarily believe I could. (laughs) It's scary. I mean, you know. It's very frightening. Yep. I know it's true. And, and, you know, I coach people to to negative split. I, I struggle with it myself. And and Glenn's always telling me, like, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. But, man, it's it's hard to cross over that half with the confidence that you can do it, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I think I touched on it on my blog, but I did so much mental work for this race. And I honestly believe, like, it was huge. And it was, like, 
really made a huge difference. So I encourage people to kind of like focus on that aspect. Were you doing it while you were racing? Um, I did like, I listened to a lot of podcasts and that would kind of like change my mindset, I guess, like positive mindset. And so this was probably the first marathon I've ever run where I really did not let like, I think I had like two negative thoughts the whole time, which is just not my normal, you know, um, normally it's like, oh my gosh, I really hurt or I don't know if I could do that again, or maybe I should stay with this pack. And this time it was like, why not like go for it, go for it. This, the time is now. So it was a huge, I think that was really, really a huge part of my success. Um, one of the podcasts that I listened to before monumental Molly Turner recommended, and now I'm not going to remember while we're on air, but I will put it in the show notes. It was an episode from runners connect like way back in the day. Um, when Tina was, was, uh, hosting and it was a sports psychologist guy and, um, it was so good and it was very, uh, instrumental in like my mental work for that race too. And a lot of it, he was talking about like, we're a lot of times we're really only to get only willing to give like 70% of what, of what we actually could, you know, could give. Um, and there's just so much more in the tank than we are willing to, uh, I don't know if sacrifice is the right word, but like we're willing to feel that much pain, you know? Um, Yeah, I believe that. That and then uh, the episode I did with Dina were both super helpful in my my run. What were some of the podcasts that you listened to? Um, So I listened to all the ones that you probably do. Like I love Tina's and I love um, C. Tolly Runs. I might be pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. I think Okay. Is it? Okay, good. Um, but I, one of them shared the, um, podcast by Sindra Kampoff. She does like the high performance mindset and those, um, I was actually like planning on talking about that a little later, but I'll do it now. Um, those were fantastic. Um, she she has at least, I want to say like 30 plus podcasts and they're all sports related. I mean, it might not be running. It might be other sports. Um, I listened to one about uh, that had like a wrestler. Um, so you can kind of take and choose, pick and choose what you want from each one, but they were super duper helpful about staying positive, um, pushing yourself, um, you know, things like that. What's it called? Who is it? I've never heard of this. Uh, Sindra Kampoff. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, K-A-M-P-H-O-F-F. Okay. I want to say that Tina may have had her as a guest. I think that's how I heard about her. Okay, well, I will for sure link that in the show notes. I am forever trying to find new podcasts to listen to. And you would think, as yeah. a podcast host, I would have, like, you know, all these shows that I love, love, love. And I do have a lot that I love. Um, But then there's some that I listen to and then I get sick of and then I'll get off it for a while. And Uh I'm I'm always looking for those, like, shows that I want to listen to that I just can't miss. That Like, no way I'm not, you know, listening to their episode that week. Yeah, I know. I am obsessed with podcasts. So every time I do, like, an easy paced run, I'll look like I – really quick I'll go look at your site or see Tally Run's site or Tina's and be like do they have anything new like if there's something new I'm like very excited because I have something to listen to and so I'm always looking for more running related podcasts as well 
All right, everybody. I want to jump in here real quick and thank a couple of our sponsors for this episode. The first is Zappos. You guys, Zappos has a new running site, zappos.com slash running. They have all kinds of awesome brands over there like Nike, Adidas, Brooks, Asics, Lucy, Lorna Jane, all kinds of fun stuff. I posted a really cute picture of the Lucy shirt that I bought from Zappos the other day on my Instagram. It's got like a fun netting on it. Love it. They also have activewear underwear and socks and things like that and shoes, of course. And hey, they've got some training plans over there that I created for their page for the half marathon and the full marathon. So Zappos can be your next trusted partner for all things running. Head over to zappos.com slash running to check out everything they have to offer. And what you probably already know about Zappos is that they have fast and free shipping. And uh, yeah, it shows up the next day, like the very next day. If you order it at 4 or 5 p.m., the next day it'll still be at your door. So it's pretty awesome. Thank you, Zappos, for supporting this podcast. And then one more sponsor I want to thank. They've been a sponsor of this show before, and they're coming back today for this episode, and that is Kind Snacks. All right, you guys. So when I first started working with Kind Snacks, I signed up to get the Kind Box delivered to my house every month, and we still get it every month. So I love it when the delivery comes because it's usually when we are running out of things for Marshall's lunch or snacks for myself when I'm out and about during the day. And so we really use those and go through the boxes. And just about the time we finish our two boxes, it's time for our next shipment. So it's really perfect. So the cool thing about Kind Snacks is they're made in the United States with ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. So this holiday, I think you should gift your friends and family or maybe a teacher, that's a good teacher gift, with a Kind Cube. The Kind Cube is filled with 20 tasty bars and it's a random assortment, and my favorite is the dark chocolate for sure. I would love it if someone sent me a box of Kind Snacks for Christmas. That would be a really useful gift, right? You guys can go to kindsnacks.com slash another for more details, and check out the Kind Cube for the next holiday gift you're gonna give. All right, you guys, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Chris. I wanna ask a couple other questions about the race. Great, yep. You said that you um, you changed the screen on your Garmin so that you weren't looking at your um, uh, yes. Okay, so tell me about that. Um, so I am very much like you know I, I I'm very honest about this. Like I definitely struggle with like the mental side of running, um, and so I I don't really know what was the catalyst why I decided to switch it. Cause I think I have a really horrible habit of staring at my watch too often. So, um, I started about two months ago, just doing overall average pace only and not focusing like, okay, right now I'm running a six forty five pace. Oh my gosh. I need to be down to six thirty. you know? Um, so it allowed me like when I ran a half and it really allowed me to r- go out slowly. Like I ran the first mile feeling like, okay, I'm, I feel like a little bit like I'm walking, like this is great. And it was shocking to me because then I was flying at the end. Um, and sometimes I think we get scared if we see paces and think like, I've never done this before. I don't train for this pace. Like this is, this is out of control. I have no right running this pace. Um, 
and I would kind of panic like, all right, I'm going to blow up. And so this was like a huge life changing thing for me. I had listened to Tina Muir talk about doing this forever. And I never, I always thought there's no way I can do that. But I like really encourage people to just not focus on the pace, focus on what you're doing that second. And maybe you'll do what I do and totally like shock yourself. So, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of self-limiting, right? When you're obsessing over the pace, because like you said, you see it and you think I've never done this before. What makes me think I can do it? But if you're running based on how you physically feel, yeah, then yep. you could really and, shock yourself like you did. Exactly. And we're training to peak, right? We're not training at, I mean, it's, we're training to run paces that we're that are faster than what we do normally in training, you know, with, with a taper, with rest, with more sleep, with, you know, more people around you, you're going to run faster than you trained with. Like I didn't train at these paces. I trained for these paces, but not exactly at these paces unless it was like a shorter, you know, tempo run or something like that. So, okay. So let's go there. What was your overall, what's that average pace for the marathon? Um, so I ran a 613 overall average, which is like really wild to me. So I did a ton of, I mean, I I say a ton, I did so much marathon effort paced work this training cycle. And so I would run not what I wanted my marathon pace to be, but what I felt like it should be, um, I mean, it was kind of a compromise. Some days I would get more stubborn and do it a little faster than I probably should have. But it was almost all around 625 pace. So that was all after I'd done two workouts during that week already. So my legs were very tired. You know, my mileage was not super high, but, you know, kind of high. Um, And so I think that was also um, something that we changed that was huge, like marathon pace work. Okay, so how many miles were you speaking out at uh, in your, like, biggest weeks? Um, So I just looked. uh, My highest mileage week was 78. I hit that one time, and then I hit, like, a lot of 75s. So what would you – what do you think you were averaging, like, low 70s then if you – you know, like – Yeah, yeah, I would guess. I would have to look, but I'm saying I would probably average, like – 68 or something I'm guessing yeah because I had a lot of weeks that were a lot lower than that yep which to me I used to have like this mindset that I had to be at you know 80 to almost 90 miles for like three weeks peaking before and this time I was honestly just tired (laughs) so I did not like want to do anymore we you can only do what you can do, right? And it worked, so I'm shocked. Well, you mentioned in your blog post, too, that you uh, decided, you and your coach decided that, like, the short speed stuff just, like, really wasn't for you. So, like, the 800s and the mile repeats. And I want to yeah. hear you talk about that because, um, A, I feel like a lot of people get intimidated by those kind of workouts. Um, yeah. I do think that some people need them if they don't get injured. You know, they're not injury prone, and it's good for you if you're not injury prone. But it's not totally necessary. And you just proved that. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, I never would have believed that that is not necessary. And I'm not telling anyone to do like what I do, like you, like I, we're definitely not, I'm not an expert at this at all. This is just what worked for me. Um, 
I never particularly found 400, 800 repeats, stuff like that, fun to do. It was kind of like Tuesday speed work, where I think a lot of people do it on that day, like, um, was really mentally exhausting for me. And physically, it would just really beat me up. Like, I would get um, big knots in my calves. I would work on them all the time. I would get fractures. I would get tendonitis. Um, and so finally, we're like, why are we doing this? Like, we're not trying to make you a 5k runner. We're trying to make you a marathoner. Let's try to focus on maybe more marathon pace work, more longer tempos. And I think that was huge for me. Um, I was also able to do like, a workout on Tuesday and Thursday, and then kind of a longer pace run, which was also something that when I was doing, you know, 800s, I needed, I needed a ton of rest from that kind of thing. It would beat me up and everyone reacts differently, but, um, you don't have to do exactly what every training plan says you have to do. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's, if something different works for everybody because we're all like built differently and psychologically we're different um yeah so you said you were doing two workouts a week plus a long run um give me give me a a, an example of what two of those workouts and then like what your long run would look like in a given like you know peak week okay so let me try to think about this tuesday was normally um i would say something like three by two miles and the two miles would be, uh, maybe like half marathon pace, um, with a lot of rest. Uh, I would do them probably, I would probably try to start at like six fifteen pace, six ten. Another thing that we, I don't do is like, I really don't focus on exact paces. I do what I can like on that day. Some days I would be like six fifteen, and other days it would be like six or seven, Six towards the end, it would be closer to six or five. Um, so something like longer intervals and nothing like I would, ne- I don't think I ever ran under six flat pace the entire training session or cycle, really. Um, and then so I had we had a really busy kid activities. This past season, Saturdays were just not my own. So Saturdays I would take completely off. And so I would do my long runs on Thursday. Okay. okay. <laughs> this was this was strange. Um, that would be my long run. And my long run would always have marathon paced effort, like what I felt like was would be a marathon effort um miles at the end. And then Sunday mornings, I had free time because my husband was home, and I would do um, my tempo runs on Sundays. So a very untraditional schedule. Um, you know, you just kind of like play around with it, and whatever works for you and your family, that's what you got to do. So, so all of your long runs had marathon effort miles in them. <sighs> no, I think all but one. Um, uh, but I never, my longest marathon, my longest long run was 20 miles. So I did no 22, 24 or anything like that. I think I got four 20 milers in. And how many of the miles of those miles in a workout did you peak out at like marathon effort? 
So this is hard. I, it got up to 10 miles. Uh, I would do that. I did that I probably three times. And I think that was huge because in the beginning, I, I thought I can't do this. And then I would do it. And then it became normal to me. So I think that made a really big difference is doing a lot of marathon pace work. That's really, um, that's really good to hear because I, I feel like I was lacking some confidence this fall because I didn't uh, get my marathon effort miles in my long run up very high. Um, one time I did that effort in a half marathon and that was my longest. And then, but before that it was, I think 10, eight to 10 miles max. And so yeah, when I went into my race, I was kind of like, I, and this is a social media thing and, you know, interviewing tons of people on my podcast and stuff, I would think, okay, but these, all these people are running 15, 16 miles at marathon pace, which now I'm looking back and I'm like, man, 16 miles at marathon pace. You're, you're only on your own for 10 miles then, you know, once you actually get to stay and you're tapered. So uh, when I see people do that, I don't know how, like for me to do 10 miles at marathon pace during a training week, it's huge. Like Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of mental prep and like I, it's, it's super intimidating. Um, it's hard. Like that's incredible that people do 15, 16, but 10 is like so far been my limit. (laughs) You know what? That's making me really happy that you're saying that. Because I mean, it's, it's a hard, like we have pretty quick marathon paces and it's, yeah. So if I did 16 at marathon pace, I know that people do it and it's so wonderful, but I would honestly be afraid that I would not be able to like, do put in any more quality work days for you know another five or six days to be honest you have to like really put in how much you can recover as well so I feel the same way man recovering from those those long runs of marathon pace miles like it takes me like a solid a solid three days and that's like you know not going anywhere near 16 miles so yeah. And if you're waking up with children in the middle of the night, like you need sleep. I mean, to recover, you're getting abrupted sleep, but you, you, there's so much to think about. These damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Well, that's, I hope that people hear that and, and feel really good because, um, I think sometimes we can be discouraged when we, um, you know, there's an, a subconscious, even if you don't want to, uh, comparison thing that you, we all have going on. I mean, we can try, yep. we can try not to, and we can say we don't care, but like, it's just, um, our nature to look at something and then think about what you're doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I fall into that trap all the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you got to wear like the horse blinders, I say, and not worry, you know, not worry about what everyone else is doing. So, so I hope people hear this and think, okay, Chris Law ran a 2:42 marathon and a huge PR, and she uh, she only did 10 <laughs> marathon pace miles. <laughs> and that was a big deal for me. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Okay, Chris. So what's next? I don't know. I'm now rethinking a lot. I had, if you had asked me a week ago, I would have said I'm going to run a full marathon in the spring. And now I'm really rethinking my options. So we will see. I, I might focus on the half or I might run like I've never really run like a small marathon. That might be fun. I, I it's, it's really wonderful to kind of like have options and not be so focused on trying to PR the marathon anymore. So 
for at least for a little bit. I'll definitely be trying to PR again in the future, though. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask. So you're, I mean, you're definitely going to go to the trials in 2020. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so do you think you'll run any between now and then? Yes, because I love the marathon. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I absolutely will run more marathons. I just don't know if I'll do one in the spring. Like I've been so set on that, you know, marathon or thing like a spring marathon, a fall marathon, and again, repeat. Um, so I might take a break for it for a season or, or so. <laughs> Can you ease people's minds a little bit that that's okay and that doesn't mean you're going to lose everything that you built up for CIM? Absolutely. You're not. You, just have fun. Have fun with it. Yeah, totally. Well, man, that's tough, though, too, because just what you were saying about the half, like you just kind of think that your strength obviously lies in the marathon. Um, you ran a half PR in the marathon. Like, So do you really have a desire to chop that down more? I mean, now are you like, hmm. I should try to run like a 117. <laughs> I don't know. So you tell me what you think. Like, I, I mean, it's not really a half PR if it wasn't in the half, right? Oh, like, what do you think? <laughs> that's so hard. Well, you know, I get what you're saying, but like, yeah, that's crazy, right? Think, like, but truly like that course was measured and for 13.1 miles. Yeah. That's what you're but no, I know what you yeah. mean. Cause like you look up results and stuff. Um, I don't know. Yep. For me, I, I haven't raced a ton of halves. I've, I've actually, like, probably raced, raced more marathons. Um, now, that sounds confusing because I've definitely been in more half marathons than marathons that I've done. But, like, as far as trying to race for time, so that sounds so confusing, probably. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, there's – I have a little bit of a, uh, a mental thing with the half for all the reasons you were saying. Just, like, it's so fast for yeah. a relatively long time and that pace, you know, 20 seconds per mile or whatever, faster than the marathon effort, just even though it's half a distance, it seems so much harder than me than marathon. Absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> but I don't run marathons. Think that, I think that sounds crazy. I know everyone says that. And I'm like, well, it's, it's very hard to explain, but basically it feels like I'm running a 5k for the half yes. for 13 miles. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I it's not really it. enjoyable. Yes. Yes. Oh man. So obviously, we've talked about this. Your favorite distance to race is the marathon. Absolutely. Yeah. For all the reasons we discussed, you know, it's like the highs and the lows make it so fun. So. All right. And I think I'm just endurance based. Like everybody has their strengths, and I think that I uh, am more of like a freight train than a bullet train, I guess. So yeah. I can kind of hold on more better. So what were you doing for strength? Um, nah, uh, this is a terrible thing to say, but really not that much. So, um, I do a lot of like the basic stuff. I do like crunches and sit-ups and push-ups. Um, you know, my kids have a little pull-up bar, so we may do that, but mostly, mostly I'm like just running around with children, like, every afternoon, you know, like during the summer, we're swimming and walking. And I, I, I kind of don't, it's awful to say I really don't love strength work. So I don't really do a lot of it. Yeah. I, I know I need to. Well, maybe you don't. So. Honestly, <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm like, I should be doing it. I'm sure. But you're not injured. But I do, do a lot of like stretching out my hips because I know that's definitely a weak area. 
um, and rolling and things like that. So, I mean, I do do pay attention to little things. Yeah. Oh, well, that's important for sure. But yeah, maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe you don't need to do this intense rigorous <laughs> training schedule. I mean, it's like, it, this clearly was working for you this time. Um, yeah, for the first time, I kind of was a little more free, so. Well, and I mean, let's be honest, like how much time are we willing to give this? You know, I mean, you're running 70, 75 miles a week. It's like, well, do I want to add two extra hours of strength training? Yeah, no, I mean, you, you go for a run and then you have to stretch and then you have to shower and then you have to get ready to do this. And I mean, we're not like elite runners. We don't have all day, every day to do these things. There's only so much we can do. I'd rather like put my foot feet up against a wall. I think that's super helpful. Oh, totally. And I mean, I'm not an elite runner, but you're surely like borderline there. <laughs> I don't know, but thank you. <laughs> Okay, so beyond running, Chris, what are you most passionate about in life? Oh, absolutely. My family. I know everyone says that. My family. Ooh, like, I just love spending time with them and watching my children grow and kind of like soaking them all in, especially my husband, too, since we don't get a lot of time together. Like, I really, really appreciate when we do have that time together. So, yeah, family for sure. And, and my friends. But you also... Um, you also say sports and history. Tell me about this history thing. I love history. Um, so I would have been like, I, I was a poli sci major in college. And I think basically because poli sci is like a lot of history and writing classes. So, and then I had to do the other like kind of boring stuff, like some pre-law stuff and all that wasn't super thrilling. But I love the history classes. I mean, it's basically just stories, right? <laughs> it's like the gossip of his, of like the past. Totally. So. Yeah, yeah. So I love like, um, you know, my mom always gets me like history books in, you know, about like, the kings and the queens and stuff of the past. And like, my husband and I will watch the History Channel and um, things like that. So I, I'm a little bit nerdy. Like, I'm really not into like, science or math that much. But I do like, um, like reading and history and stuff. So and then the sports, I love certain sports. So what sports um, so I really love, uh, basketball. I love the NBA. I have a son who loves basketball and a husband who does. And we, that's kind of like one of our big bonding things. So, and I'm from right outside of Philadelphia and we're finally really having a good year. I mean, relatively for our team. So it's very thrilling. So we love it. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get to the end here. Okay. Can you believe it's been 55 minutes? <laughs> it goes by so fast. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, I yep. know. This could go on forever. Uh, what's one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? This is tough. I think professionally, I would really love to eventually say I won a marathon. Um, it doesn't have to be like anything like any super crazy marathon, but it would just kind of be really cool to say that, you know? So I'd like to do that sometime. Um, personally, I definitely want to, uh, take my kids, like travel more with them, like maybe take them to Europe or Australia or something like that. So you should just go run, um, well, you know, you could run like monumental. I think you would have, with that time, you would have won. Really? This year. Really? Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. another, yeah, it's a lot to think about, but I definitely, before I finish, like 
being competitive, I would like to be able to say that I did that. So I was going to say, maybe not, maybe not, uh, make that your goal at CIM when like yeah. <laughs> 9 million women called for the Olympic trials. I mean, you were 31st place and you got, you ran at 242. It was insane. That's like crazy. it was, it, they brought in like an incredible field. Um, yeah, so it was, and I um, really thrive on big crowds. So for me, it was fantastic. I love having like lots of other people running around me. So it was super great. Did you have anyone in the race that you ran a lot of it with? Yes. So um, Sarah Ibbotson, uh, I'm not sure if you're friends with her or not, but we ran a good, I'd say like, 12 miles together or so and we both like before the race said like okay well I'm not going to talk a lot but like I'm want to work with you and she's like well I'm not going to talk a lot either (laughs) (laughs) but it was really nice to just to like be supportive of one another um and then there were a lot of guys and then at the end it was just kind of like a free-for-all like there were so many people just trying to haul it like it was really exciting and fun oh that's so cool I actually do think I met her at Indie Women's this year Oh, okay. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, she has, like, curly hair, right? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. I mean, it was pulled back in a ponytail, but I yeah. think, I believe yeah. so. <laughs> well, you always just get confused. I always just, like, like want to make sure I'm thinking of the right person because your uh, social media handles are different than your actual name sometimes. Yes. And yep. I, she ran, like, a 246 or 247. That's who I'm thinking of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's sweet. Um, yeah, I yeah. think she got like fifth place here at Indie Women's in the the race here. It uh, the one that we did the weekend of my life show, and Molly came and she got second oh, place. Oh, yeah. wow. incredible! Oh, yeah, when Molly ran like this insanely fast time, it's mean, incredible. She snuck under one nineteen. It was so fast. Yeah, so fast. <laughs> that uh, was awesome. Yeah, it was a great day. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, okay, so what's an accomplishment you're most proud of? Um, can I say that like what, raising three kids under two, like alone with a s- deployed spouse, is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll be honest. That's what I'm most proud of. That was really hard. <laughs> I mean, that's really hard with your spouse not deployed. So I, yeah. Yeah, I, can't, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. If you you could, survived. Totally. If you could have coffee or cocktail with someone fun, who would it be? There's so many people I could name, but since this is a running podcast, I'm going to go ahead and say Kara Goucher. Like, I really would, like, she's, you know, everyone loves her. So I would love to. Um, actually, before CIM, I, like, this is nerdy, and I, I tweeted about it, but I, like, went on YouTube and watched uh, a couple of her, like, clips of running, and, like, it really got me fired up. So definitely Kara Goucher. You know, I feel like that's not a far-fetched goal. I think that that could happen. All right. Let, can can you, like, help me out there? <laughs> totally. I'll try. I mean, I don't, Thank I you. don't have a connection at this point. <laughs> um, would, you, would it be coffee or would it be a cocktail? Oh, uh, I, I love my coffee, but a cocktail would be fantastic. So, <laughs> what's, what's your favorite kind of cocktail? Oh, gosh. I drink it all, but I love, you know, I drink it wine and tequila I'm not really I, this sounds awful but I'm really not a beer person yeah. but I'll pretty much drink any type of wine or prosecco or tequila or vodka or anything like that so I'm open well let me ask you this did you abstain or did you like lessen the amount that you drank while you were hardcore training for CIM only in the last two weeks or maybe it was only like the last week or so I did because um at that point I definitely will drink through training. I mean, I'm 
burning so many calories that I don't really worry about that. But um, I like, I feel like I'm very sensitive to like caffeine and alcohol and definitely like medication and things like that. So definitely like the week before I was like, I don't really need anything that's going to make me like dehydrated or tired. So that's about, yeah. Yeah. If you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? Um, So my favorite or one of my favorite quotes by um, Muhammad Ali is, um, how's it go? service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. So, and that's just means so much to me, like every little thing you can do to help others just be mindful and kind of help each other out. Like if everyone just did like a few nice things for each, for random people every day or your own family, everybody, this whole world would be like a happier place. So, Well, I love that. And I like how you added and for your family. Um, yeah, because yeah. isn't that sometimes the hardest thing? <laughs> yes, and you forget because it's just assumed yeah. that we're all here under this roof together, you know? Yes, yes, and, you know, it's so easy to be like, well, you left your shoes here, or you did this, and, you know, just help each other out and be teach each other patience. So. Yeah, that's really good. Um, what is, uh, what are you loving right now? Um, so I was planning on talking about the high performance mindset podcast, which, um, and I'll just say I have zero affiliation with this. I'm not like trying to pimp it out or anything like that, but that I've been loving, loving. So, um, and I listened to a ton of that. So hopefully some of the other runners will kind of can find that useful as well. So I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you kind of got to go through the descriptions and pitch pick which ones are pertinent to your life. You know, some of them won't be, but a lot of them are for runners. Um, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Um, so normally I read like all the really popular stuff that everyone's reading right now. That's like on the top list. But I recently just read, um, John Steinbeck's East of Eden and it was so good. Did you ever read that book? Okay, I'm gonna. I mean, you're the third person in like a month's time that has recommended this book. <laughs> really? Yeah, and, and it's like nobody ever talks to me about it, and now you're the third person, so I feel like I have to. Yeah, so I found it in. We have the little libraries in our neighborhood. Do you guys have those? They're fantastic. Yeah, we do. Yeah, they're great. So I found it in there, and then the book is really long. I'll tell you that. Uh, I finished it on an airplane sitting in the middle seat, like my husband on one side and like a total stranger on the other. And I finished the book and it was so good. Like I was doing that thing where you're like holding in, you're crying, but you're like muffled. (laughs) And I'm like, this poor man (laughs) next to me is like, oh my God, this girl's like really crying on the airplane. (laughs) It was terrible. (laughs) Okay. So do you think... Do you think a lot of people have read that book? Because it, it, I mean, it's like a bestseller, right? Yes, it is really um, a popular book. And I think a lot of people probably had to read it in college or yeah. high school. Like, yeah, okay. which is weird because I was an English minor and I never had to read it. So, but it was great. It but was I so mean, good. Reading it in high school versus reading it in your 30s is going to feel a lot different probably. You know, that's a very good point because the characters are like, you know, our age, I believe. And so you're really not going to get anything out of it. If you're like 16, you probably just don't care. (laughs) And you probably like, there's probably, there's probably a lot of pieces that 
um, you just, that would probably go over your head, I'm assuming. Exactly. Like you're probably not super duper grateful or, you know, yeah. So, <laughs> so we have a book club with this podcast and now I'm like, Oh, do I make that one of our months? Cause we just do one book a month. So I'm yeah. like, do I make that one of them or is that too, is it too, too much? It's very long. Yeah. That's the only thing. Like, like you, when you look at it, you'll see like it's, it's huge, but I loved it anyway. So I'm intimidated. Completely honest. Every time someone tells me about this book, I'm intimidated. (laughs) I mean, I told you normally the stuff I read is like the girl on the train and all, you know, those kind of books. So this was a deep one for me, but it it hit me to the core. So obviously I cried on a plane next to a stranger. (laughs) Well, and the other woman uh, on the podcast that recommended it, Renee Washington, I mean, I I think she told me it was like life changing. It is life changing. Like, And you know what? I didn't really put it together that a lot of, not all of it, but some of the setting is uh, near in California. So when I arrived in Sacramento, I'm like, this is like where they were. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't completely there, but like, I think within a couple hours. So it was, it was kind of cool. It touched me. Um, Okay. What is a favorite nonprofit you like to support? Um, so the military has this really cool thing where like you just, you can just make your paycheck like every single month. We don't even think about it. Like it goes to charities that we like a percentage, you know, it's wonderful. Um, so one thing we always do Navy Marine Corps Relief Society and March of Dimes because my, our twins were preemies and they were in the NICU for, uh, 15 days. And, um, I remember a lot of the other children there and stuff. So it's really close to our heart, um, We also, one thing we just discovered, I'm sure this is not new, but it was new to us, was Samaritan's Purse. Have you heard of this? Where, like, we had each of our children pick up one of the shoeboxes, and then you go shopping, and it goes to kids who may have been, like, in poverty or through, like, an environmental disaster where they lost things. And it really, like, our kids really got into making the shoebox gift special for them. So we loved that, and we will continue to do that every year. Okay. I think there is, um, okay. So my, I remember when my grandma passed away several years ago, uh, that was one of the places that was like, you know, in lieu of flowers, make a donation here or whatever. And oh, neat. yeah. And then, um, I could be saying this wrong. So I'm just disclaimer. I'll cut it if I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> then there's another girl who listens to this podcast, uh, Kayla and Kayla, if you're listening, uh, she and her husband are training for a marathon, and I believe that's the organization they are raising money for. I watched like a oh. Facebook live that they did. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll put a link to that, and I'll put a link to their uh, fundraiser on the on the Facebook page. Oh, fantastic! I will look out for that. Very cool. Yeah, and I think she's pretty fast. Like, I think her and her husband are both fast. I think she's training to qualify for the trials as well. So, oh wow, neat. Yeah, very cool. Um, I love that. So, real quick on the Samaritans first, though. Uh, is that something you, you say you go pick up a shoebox? Is that something you think in any major city there's like a headquarters where you can go pick up? A, like, how does it work? So they had that it both at my kid's school and then at our church. So I it was before, you know, we had to have our boxes in like a couple of weeks ago. So I think it's based around Christmas time. Like it's a Christmas thing, but you can also donate throughout the year. But I think they're kind of everywhere. Um I'm pretty sure you go on the website and at different locations, you know, maybe like a library or something, you go and pick up a shoebox. And, and, um, 
it's cool because you can put like your, um, your information on there. And they said that they'll notify you like where your box goes and who gets it. And I think that's really, um, kind of cool for if you have children like to see that and have that connection. Yeah, for sure. And I haven't done anything like that yet this holiday season. So I need, I need to like, you come on, Lindsay, you got like 19 days left. I got to get on it. I, it, I mean this every year I say it, but it's been going so fast. I've literally not done any Christmas shopping yet. So, <laughs> Oh, I, I have done a couple things for the boys. Um, cause we had like this winter, uh, winter the junior league here in Indianapolis has a festival. I forget what it, or the holiday mart. And I went and got some, like, you know, it's like local smaller business owners where they're you know, uh, handmade stuff and, um, people selling books and whatever. So I, I got some things for the boys there, but other than that, I have done nothing. Um, I do want to make sure that, um, you know, I remember growing up as a little girl, we always did, you know, the Christmas tree family where you would buy gifts to someone else's family. And I'm like, you know, these, these years slip away and they slip away quick. And I I hate to be the kind of person that say that, but they do. And I don't want to be one of those people that gets too busy to forget to make sure that's like something that is something we do with our kids you know yeah absolutely it's so important so but yeah all right Chris well you've been so awesome I don't want to go but we have to um I thank you so much for for coming on and and you were seriously I adore you you are a fabulous guest thank you so much for having me I really love being here and um please give those boys a hug from me I will congratulations I'm so happy <laughs> thank you. you all right thanks bye-bye bye, bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you, Chris, for coming on the show and spending your time with me. You guys can follow Chris over on Instagram. It's just Kristen Lawrence. And you can find her on Twitter at Chris, that's Chris with a K, K K-R-I-S underscore law. And you guys, I'm going to link all that in the show notes and I will link her blog post to her marathon recap, which you're going to want to read. You guys can follow me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter, at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Head over there and join our group as well and get in on the conversation about all things podcast and book club and just all kinds of fun stuff. Thank you to all of our sponsors for this episode. Zappos, Kind Snacks, Action Heat, and Generation You Can. All right, you guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday. See you next Friday. You want to say it, Lewis? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Say, see you next Friday. Friday. <laughs>